from the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Washington Watch. Coming up, the House and Senate worked into the early hours of the morning certifying the election results in the November presidential election, but not without objections. So what's next in terms of ensuring free and fair elections in our country? Congressman Jody Heiss of Georgia joins us in just a moment. And where does the responsibility lay to ensure the integrity of our election system? Ken Blackwell, former Ohio Secretary of State, is here again today for that conversation. Also, former Congresswoman Michelle Bachman was at the Capitol yesterday afternoon, actually in the prayer room at the Capitol. She joins us a little bit later with a firsthand account. And retired Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin said what happened here in our nation's capital yesterday is something that he saw during his 36 and a half years in the United States Army in third world countries. He joins us later here on Washington Watch. The website, TonyPerkins.com. If you're on Parlor, it's at T. Perkins. All right. Um, the, the, both the House and the Senate worked in the early hours of the morning after the disruption from the storming of the Capitol yesterday. They returned. Uh, there were uh, objections raised over some of the the states. Unfortunately, as we talked about yesterday, as I was concerned, this would set back this effort to expose and to bring forward the concerns about the irregularities in the election. Um, it was overshadowed and some backed away from it because of the uh, of what took place yesterday at the uh, the Capitol. But one of those that pressed forward on this when it uh, came to his own state of Georgia is uh, Congressman Jody Heiss, and he joins us now. Congressman, welcome back to the program. Always great to be with you, Tony. Thanks for having me. Well, I know that uh, you raised concerns about uh, the election results in Georgia. Right. We've been concerned about what happened in Georgia since November 3rd. In fact, it really goes before that, way back in March. Uh, pretty much the entire Georgia delegation had a conference call discussion with our Secretary of State urging him to please not send out ballot applications to everyone on the voter registration file in the state of Georgia. And he he did so anyways, uh, 6.9 million people, in spite of the fact, Tony, that our voter registration file is horribly inaccurate to the tune of a, probably a, a low estimate, conservative estimate, around 10%. And so when you're looking at 6.9 million, that means nearly 700,000 invitations to receive a ballot went out to people who are ineligible to vote in Georgia, illegal voters. And so it just opened wide the doors for voter fraud. Uh, our secretary did a number of things that he had no constitutional authority to do, uh, things, decisions that were left only for the General Assembly of Georgia. He took it upon himself to do it. Uh, and, I, I mean, I, time does not allow me right now to go into the multiple ways in which voter fraud took uh, place in Georgia. And so we were just objecting to the and, – and not just personally. The, uh, both the state House and the state Senate in Georgia held hearings about the, all of this, and they have tons of evidence. And we have a, a report from our state senators, they themselves urging that the electoral votes from Georgia not be counted and that they be decertified. 
And um, unfortunately, we were not able to have a senator. As you mentioned, they all backed out. Uh, I, I suppose because of the events that took place at the at the Capitol yesterday. But it really is a tragedy, certainly not only for Georgia, but for election security across the nation. So, uh, Congressman, clearly the momentum shifted after yesterday's events. I mean, there were senators lined up to object object to these uh, certain states, and so. I think there was concern, and I was talking with your colleagues, Mark Green, during the uh, the lockdown yesterday. You know, I think people probably, there's been this conflation of the violence and the challenging of the elections, and I think that, that has worked to the benefit of the left. I think this this was a tragic event that took place yesterday because it the very freedoms and the rights that so many of those people came to Washington yesterday to advocate for are now put in greater jeopardy because of some instigators there at the Capitol yesterday? There's absolutely no question, Tony. It could not be more of a horrible scenario for the president or those who came peacefully to uh, stand for their right, their sacred right, to have their voice counted in the voting booth it's you know we are a country for the people and by the people and the part the by the people part of that refers to the voting box and and that is sacred it is to be defended and protected at all costs and if it is not i mean it is that part of our electoral process that maintains the balance of power and that 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 uh, puts forth both those who, who bring policy and political philosophy to our country. And when it is violated, when the sacred trust of the ballot box is violated, when it is compromised, we risk losing our entire republic. And many thousands of people came to the Capitol yesterday for that cause, wanting a, a stand for protecting and defending the sacred election box. And uh, unfortunately, it got hijacked from bad actors and uh, perhaps many who were here masquerading as Trump supporters, and it uh, was really a horrible day for our country. So part of the process yesterday, now we know that each ha- chamber has to vote to sustain the objections, and we didn't, you know, that, that wasn't going to happen in the House. But the, the the important part of this was to bring forth the issues like you just raised a moment ago in the context of a meeting of Congress, because then it goes back, and we're going to talk about this in a moment with Kim Blackwell, former Secretary of State of Ohio. It goes back to the states. We need to to expose the vulnerabilities and the way the system was manipulated and then put pressure on state legislatures across the country to clean this up. Absolutely, and as you can well imagine, I've been on on the phone and in conversation with state legislators here in Georgia uh, even today, and I am being absolutely assured that the top priority coming into this legislative session will be uh, election integrity here in Georgia and changing some of the horrible decisions that our Secretary of State uh, unilaterally made. Uh, But, yeah, hopefully those type of Things will also happen in legislatures all across this country. Uh, and and right. my concern is that it won't happen in some blue states, that they kind of like the way this went down, and that it, at the end of the day it will, it will continue to compromise and erode the voice of, of, of people across the board and kind of lean 
the the scales in the direction of the uh, Democratic Party. I hope that doesn't happen, but that's certainly my fear. Yeah, I, I want to tr- transition here for just a moment, Jody, to another aspect of this, because you served, uh, before coming to Congress, you were a pastor, served for a pastor for nearly 20 years in Georgia. Uh, you you are frustrated um, because of what you, I mean, you, yesterday you tried to raise these objections. You did raise them, but you couldn't get a senator to stand with you so that this issue could be challenged. So you, I mean, and you, we talk about it all the time. There's so many frustrations, especially when you're in the minority. But especially as believers and as conservatives, we can never condone or uh, allow violence to take place. Now, I know the vast majority of people who came here yesterday totally disagree with this. But I'm seeing polling data, and I'm actually getting a lot of messages from folks who think, look, we've tried everything else. It's not working. We can never... We can never give in to that to think that we have to use the tactics of the left. No, absolutely. We cannot We cannot go down that path. There is a right way and a wrong way to get things done. And what took place yesterday is, in every sense of the word, the wrong way. And, uh, look, I understand the frustration that people have. I have it personally. And, as you mentioned, even trying to secure a senator – to stand with Georgia in objecting uh, to to the electoral votes, and we had three of them lined up, Tony. We had we had we had the main one, and then we had a backup, and then we had a backup to the backup. But when all was said and done, uh, they, for whatever reasons, just collapsed and caved by the end of the day yesterday. And listen, the frustration is real, but this is the time that we've got to dig deep in, in both spiritually and uh, in our everyday action. We have got to pray like never before. We've got to engage our culture and our country like never before, and we've got to take bold, courageous stands like never before. This is like our freedom moment like our founders had where you got to draw a line in the sand and say i'm going to do whatever i can in the uh un- under the law and the right biblical ways to stand for freedom and liberty uh, this is our hour it's the time for the body of christ to have her finest hour uh, and and the stakes have never been higher yeah and and of course you, georgia having its runoff election in the Senate this week, and now those results almost completely in. And uh, now instead of two Republican senators, two Democratic senators uh, from the state of Georgia, evenly dividing the United States Senate, giving the Democrats the edge with the vice president, uh, incoming vice president. So all of these issues that uh, we've been fighting to advance are now we're going to be on the defense as any number of things can be coming out. So this is not a time for people to throw in the towel or give up. Uh, you know, there is there is so much going to be coming down the pike in the next two years under uh, this current Congress. No doubt about it. And that's why we've got to uh, put on our armor and get ready and run to the battle. We can't be on our heels. We've got to face this thing straight up and face-to-face, and we've got to stand in courage and in faith and in in a way that shines light to a, a dark world, but we've got to stand. And uh, you have been leading the, these conferences of, of, of to, encouraging people to pray and to stand in the gap, and that's what's got to happen right now more than ever. 
and so I, I would just encourage people. You know, we you, you get discouraged after an election, after something. I get that, but after those moments, you've got to stand back up, and uh, we've got to continue standing strong and uh, and fighting in behalf of freedom and liberty, not only for ourselves and our families, uh, but for the entire free world. The, the, yeah. the America has been a bastion of liberty, and we've got to maintain that. Absolutely. Well, thank you, uh, Congressman Jody Heiss, for standing firm in the face of so much, um, well, so many challenges, so much frustration, uh, but you're not giving up, and we appreciate that, and uh, thanks for joining us today as well. My pleasure, Tony. Thank you. All right. Uh, Congressman Jody Heiss of, uh, of Georgia. I mean, the, the next uh, couple of years are going to be extremely challenging, and there's a lot of frustration, but we've got to channel that frustration into the right place. And part of that is the Congress can't fix this because elections are state. Now, the hope here was to be able to expose this so the state legislatures could fix it. Now, now we, we really don't have that. And we have an election that, I, in my view, was was not fair. And when this, the outcome was manipulated. But I'm not going to stay focused on that and miss the next election, too. We've got to go back to these state legislatures, and we've got to change these laws that allow this to occur. We need to clean it up, and we're going to talk about that next with uh, Ken Blackwell, former Secretary of State of Ohio, joins us to talk about where does the responsibility lie for these state legislature or for these uh, election systems. Every state is actually responsible for their own system. So there's work for all of us to do. Ken Blackwell is here in just a moment. Don't go away. Hey, Matt. Hey, Hannah. What's going on? Why so gloomy? Well, I'm a little disappointed. I had a lot planned to do during the stay-at-home time, and I just didn't do it. Oh, yeah? What did you have planned that you didn't get to do? Well, I was actually hoping I would finally be able to get time to do a regular Bible reading routine, and I started a couple of times. I just didn't stick with it. Don't be too down on yourself. Starting a new routine can be hard, but one way to help is to join in with others and to have a good game plan. I think I have a good solution for you. Oh, yeah? Tony Perkins and FRC are doing a two-year study in the Word. They have it all mapped out. When did they start? I, I would be so far behind. Oh, that's not a problem. You can literally jump in any time. There's a daily reading just a couple of chapters a day with questions to help you think about what you're reading. Nice. Where can I find this? Go to frc.org slash Bible, and you can get started. Where's that again? frc.org slash Bible. Got it. Checking it out now. In a recent poll, it was revealed that only 6% of Americans hold a biblical worldview. This research also indicated that Christianity's teachings on abortion, marriage, and homosexuality are not only misunderstood, but seen as dangerous and subversive. In response to this trend, Family Research Council has released a new set of resources in our Biblical Worldview series. In addition to our full publications, which cover the topics of Christian political engagement, abortion, religious liberty, and human sexuality, FRC now offers helpful summaries of each publication in this series, as well as accompanying prayer guides to help you and your family pray through these important issues. And finally, our popular biblical principles for political engagement is now available in Spanish. All these resources are free and available at frc.org worldview. Again, that's frc.org worldview. 
Masculinity in America has never been under attack the way it is today. We've reached the point where the term itself is considered toxic or offensive to many. The consistent message in our nation is that masculinity by nature is bad and is the root cause of many of the problems plaguing our society. From his experience as a military combat officer and ordained minister of the gospel, Lieutenant General William Boykin has seen and dealt with firsthand the breakdown of leadership in our nation by the lack of godly men living lives of biblical purpose. In his latest book, Man to Man, Rediscovering Masculinity in a Challenging World, he addresses the essential elements of manhood as a provider, an instructor, a defender, a battle buddy, and a chaplain, and explains how to personally develop these traits and pass them to the next generation. Get your copy today of Man to Man, wherever books are sold. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins. The website, TonyPerkins.com. A uh, a poll, an article about the poll from Daily Caller, the YouGov poll that uh, was released um, uh, earlier today. It says 45% of Republicans support ransacking the U.S. Capitol. Now, uh, I'm always leery of polls anyway, but... I will say that I think this is consistent with some of the things I've been seeing on social media and even some of the email messages that I've gotten today. And I'm just going to say, with all due respect to those that feel like the storming of the Capitol was the right thing to do because we're frustrated, uh, you're wrong. Um, Look, and that's coming from I'm a Marine veteran. I'm a police officer. I've been a police officer. I'm not afraid of a fight, but... That is not the way we are going to save this country, by storming our nation's capital. It was foolish. Now, again, I don't think it was our I don't think it was our people that did it, but I'm concerned that a lot of our folks support it out of frustration. We've got to channel our frustration in the right direction. People say, "Well, we voted, and it and our votes were stolen." I I agree, but there is a way to fix this, and we must. I experienced this in 1996, new to politics. I'd just been elected to office, and I was a, a campaign manager for a U.S. Senate race. A friend of mine was running, and I managed that race, and, and we won the, the primary, went into the runoff, very similar to what just happened in Georgia, and we lost uh, by uh, 5,400 votes out of, uh, I think, 1.2 million votes cast. And there was blatant evidence of fraud. We documented it. Didn't have time to press our case in court because we only had five days, took it to the Senate, uh, and they caved, didn't do anything with it. But what we did do is I went back in the next two years working with my colleagues, one of them being Steve Scalise, now the the minority whip in the House, and we reformed our election laws. And we, in fact, eliminated the commissioner of elections that was a corrupt office, and we've not had fraud in our state. In fact, Louisiana has trended now to be one of the reddest states in the nation. Well, joining me now to talk about what's next in terms of cleaning up election, where the responsibilities lie, is the former Ohio Secretary of State who oversaw the elections in the state of Ohio, Ken Blackwell. Ken, welcome back. Hey, Tony. Good to be with you, sir. 
Okay, so let's, people are saying, all right, what do we do? They think Congress can fix this. This is actually not a congressional issue. This lies with the states. Absolutely. First, look, the task of counting every legal ballot and excluding every unlawful one is the challenge faced by practitioners of election law, whether as lawyers or as election officials. Uh, The primary authority for elections rests with state and state legislatures, uh, and it is then the responsibility of executives like secretaries of state to carry out the ground rules established by the state legislature. So we have to understand that within our system of federalism, you know, reforming our election system state by state rests primarily with state legislatures. And that means that we have to focus our attention this month, not next year, this month, on state legislatures that have come back into session. And the first order of business must be reforming our our election laws and practices within those states to protect the chain of custody of ballots to in fact make sure that verification systems are put in place so that we know that voters are who they claim to be and that they have met the rules and regulations of that state to be an eligible voter so that's where we start now is when we start uh, and, and, and it's time for us to get busy. Now, also add to that list of uh, items to address where you had uh, organizations, nonprofits giving money to elections commissions to, to, take, to hire people to go out and take ballots to people and bring those ballots back in. There should be clear uh, prohibitions in law from nonprofits uh, with, you know, that have their, have, maybe have ulterior motives from funding these elections commissions. Absolutely, and a case study should be Mark Zuckerberg uh, and uh, what he did with uh, a half a billion dollars in this election in targeted states and in targeted counties within those states, uh, giving an uneven playing field to the voters uh, in those counties and in those states. Uh, You are absolutely right. Uh, That is uh, one of the dark corners of election practice that we have to shine we have to shine the light on. And, and, and we have to also speak up. And we have to say that in-person voting is the most secure method of voting because it is monitored in a polling place by election officials, bipartisan election officials, to protect the integrity of the process. Uh, what we watched this past election uh, in the under the cover of COVID-19 was a major transformation of our system when a disproportionate amount of our ballots came in through the mail uh, and the chain of custody was broken and verification systems were minimalized or neglected altogether. That, in fact, opened our systems in our respective states open to fraud, uh, manipulation, uh, illegality uh, and irregularities. So people need to begin calling right now their state legislators and, and and calling upon them to investigate, to address and reform their election systems, especially in those states where we know there were issues. Uh, that, that needs to happen right now. 
That's absolutely right. And we must understand that what has made us an exceptional nation for 244 years is that the is that our liberty actually rests with the individual uh, citizen. And protecting that citizen's, uh, those citizen voices uh, through the ballot box is primary uh, in, in maintaining the integrity and, and the exceptionalism of our nation. All right, uh, Ken Blackwell, thanks so much for uh, joining us. As always, uh, great to visit with you. Thank you, Tony. Have a good one. All right, and, and so folks... Start contacting your state legislators right now, and especially in those states where you know you had problems, making sure. And even if you didn't have a problem, right now most states do not have prohibitions against these groups like uh, Mark Zuckerberg was running or funding to come in and uh, cherry-pick precincts and give money to election officials uh, to, to work to legally manipulate the outcome of the election. So start making those phone calls. Don't go away. We're back with more after this. The history of religious persecution in China is extensive, and many are not aware of the current oppression of religious groups taking place there. China restricts religious practice and oppresses religious minorities on a sweeping scale. This religious persecution targets those of every faith. Christians, Muslims, Tibetan Buddhists, and Falun Gong practitioners are all victims of the Chinese Communist Party's efforts to suppress any set beliefs that might compete with the party's ideology. This campaign against religion has had and continues to have devastating consequences for those who simply wish to live according to their conscience. Family Research Council's recently updated publication addresses China's consistent abuses of human rights and explains why they cannot be treated like any other country. Learn more about this issue by visiting frc.org slash China. Oh, man. What's wrong? I just missed Washington Watch with Tony Perkins, and our congressman was going to be on the show today. Oh, that's not a big deal. What do you mean? Well, you can always catch the replay of the day's show. How's that? With the Stand Firm app. Yeah? Yep, you can catch that day's program and so much more. You can contact your elected officials on campaigns and policies that are important to you with the Take Action tab. You can listen to Washington Watch with Tony Perkins live and play previous episodes while conveniently going about your day. You can access the Washington Update, informative blogs, tweets, and critical campaigns on the main feed so you can stay up to date on local and national news. Wow, I'd definitely use that. How do you find the app? Just visit frc.org slash app and download or search Stand Firm in the App Store. Okay, that's Stand Firm. Yep, Stand Firm. How do you know all this? Because I'm a SageCon, but that's another story. Huh? Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, the website, TonyPerkins.com. All right, as we've been talking about yesterday, chaos on uh, Capitol Hill as um, instigators joined groups of uh, 
peaceful protesters and uh, breached the uh, security and went into the Capitol. Here's here's uh, a little bit of a just sound clip of some of the activity there yesterday. Still, investigations ongoing as to who entered the Capitol, who breached, why it happened, why security didn't keep them out. A lot of questions still unanswered. But yesterday, uh, in the prayer room, actually there in the Capitol, they have a prayer room, uh, was former Minnesota Congresswoman Michelle Bachman, former presidential candidate, newly hired dean of Regents University School of Government, and the chair of the Family Research Council Board, and she joins us now. Uh, Michelle, welcome to the program. Tony, thank you. Privileged to be on. So you were you were in the prayer room, actually uh, praying. You, you, you led a, a group of intercessors, and you've been praying here in the, the city, and you were uh, praying there. Explain a little bit about what took place. Yeah, we, we had a group of intercessors in Washington, D.C. We were there the day prior on January 5th, praying in the afternoon, praying in the evening. And then we were up early, praying on the east side of the Capitol. And then uh, I decided to go in as a former member of Congress. I have privilege to go into the building. So I was able to go into the Capitol. I was hoping to go up in the gallery and pray up there but I couldn't pray up there because that's where members were seated due to the COVID restrictions. So I was by Kevin McCarthy's office and speaking to a number of members there. And then I decided to go into the Capitol Rotunda where people saw footage of the uninvited, unauthorized people in the Rotunda. And I went into the prayer room, the George Washington prayer room, which was just off the Rotunda right next to the speaker's office, Nancy Pelosi's office. So I was praying in there. And as I was praying, uh, we had a meeting scheduled a little bit later with Secretary of State Pompeo, and I decided to leave and and go to that meeting. But uh, I left literally minutes before the unauthorized people breached. I guess the people had actually breached the Capitol while I was in, but I didn't see them. And I was prevented from the Capitol Hill police from leaving the Capitol. So then I tried to leave through the House office buildings and was prevented from leaving there. So I was in a lockdown for about four hours in there. And it wasn't just myself. It was at least 400 members of Congress were also locked down in uh, the Longworth House office building in room 1100. And they were not even allowed to leave that room. They couldn't even go to their offices. So it was a situation that I have never experienced in my life. And I think um, it's safe to say no one ever again wants to experience anything like that. Well, it's, it, it's interesting, uh, Michelle, you said that part of the prayers you've been praying the last couple of days was, um, you know, kind of praying that, you know, th- the, the truth would be known, things would be exposed. And um, yes. This what took place yesterday plays right into the hands of the uh, of the left, the very freedoms that so many peace loving Americans came to Washington to uh, defend and advocate for are are put at risk by those who instigated these riots uh, or this activity yesterday. 
And this this really plays into the hands of the left. Oh, it did. The left won yesterday. This is a total and complete victory for the left. For those who, in my opinion, this is my opinion, the election was completely stolen. And what we saw yesterday was a coup. What that means is that is an illegal takeover of our government. And I believe it was illegally taken over because we never had a true audit of these election results. That's what the people were asking for. We want a true vote. We want a real vote. There's, that's exactly what a government owes and the people deserve. So people were there to express that opinion. But I will tell you, I, have, I was there with the Trump supporters. These are the nicest group of people you would ever see, whether they're the prayer people, whether they're just patriots who are there. Extremely nice, no litter. They were big tippers at all the local restaurants. I mean, it was like a family reunion. Huge group of people, and yet there was no problems whatsoever. And I put $1,000 on the table and bet that the people who broke into the United States Capitol this was all a plan. It, in my opinion, mm-hmm. this was a plan from the left, because think of what they achieved. What they achieved is they were able, in one fell swoop, to rebrand us, to make it look like we were the bad guys. We're not the right. bad guys. The agitators were the bad guys. And you and, never and have de- violence. And derailed the legitimate effort to expose the the irregularities that took place in these key swing states, which is what members were doing during the yeah. joint session, that's as you right. said. And they, they, that's right. And they, they committed a psychological warfare with these members, so the members then gave up the objection process. Yeah. It was incredible to see what happened, but this was a planned, hostile takeover of our government. Michelle Bachman, thanks so much for uh, joining us. Good to talk with you. Glad you're safe. Appreciate it. Bye, Tony. All right, right, folks. uh, General Jerry Boykin joins me next with his observations of what took place here yesterday. Don't go away. We're back with more. Get a trusted perspective on the news of the day every day. Listen to Washington Watch with Tony Perkins to get honest and in-depth commentary on what's going on in our nation's capital and around the world. Join Family Research Council President Tony Perkins live every weekday on over 800 radio stations across the country. Or listen to the show when it works for you by visiting TonyPerkins.com. On the show, you'll hear from guests like Ben Carson, Senator Josh Hawley, Representative Vicki Hartzler, Molly Hemingway, Pastor Jack Hibbs, Dana Lash, Sissy Graham Lynch, Pastor John MacArthur, Eric Metaxas, Albert Moeller, and more. Tony is joined by leading political figures, pastors, and policy and culture experts who will inspire you to be engaged and informed on the important issues facing America. For a Christian perspective on the news of the day, tune in to Washington Watch with Tony Perkins at TonyPerkins.com. Ever since the Supreme Court handed down its infamous Roe v. Wade decision in 1973 that legalized abortion nationwide, a national debate has raged over whether the government should fund abortion. In 1976, Congress banned taxpayer funding of abortion and Medicaid by passing the Hyde Amendment. Several states have followed suit, passing their own restrictions on abortion funding. However, because government funding is a complex system of joint federal and state programs, completely banning taxpayer funding for abortions and abortion businesses like Planned Parenthood is challenging. 
there is still much work to be done to free the American taxpayer from funding the horrific practice of abortion. Family Research Council's new publication clearly explains the Hyde Amendment and why we need to keep it in order to save taxpayers from being forced to fund abortion. Access this important information by visiting frc.org slash Hyde. What's on your daily or weekly reading list? Are you looking for honest and informative commentary from fellow believers on the current issues facing our culture? Family Research Council has just the thing. Check out FRC's blog at frcblog.com. The content on our blog is written by our policy experts as well as outside contributors. On our blog, you can read about a wide variety of topics, including religious liberty, life, marriage, family, sexuality, public policy, and the culture. Read up on some of our latest titles like Four Disturbing Trends in Religious Freedom Worldwide, Legitimizing Looting Jeopardizes Liberty for All, The Media Still Doesn't Get It, Conservatives Tend to Vote Conservative, and more. At Family Research Council, our mission is to advance faith, family, and freedom in the culture by helping you live out your faith and to stand for truth. Our blog is here to help you do that. Stay informed and get the resources you need at frcblog.com. Back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Glad that you are with us. The website, TonyPerkins.com. If you're on Parlor, it's uh, at T Perkins. All right, we were just uh, discussing, you know, the events of yesterday and what it looked like on uh, Capitol Hill. Um, joining me now to to talk more about this is the Executive Vice President of the Family Research Council, retired Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin. Served 36 and a half years in the United States Army. His last four years serving as Deputy Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence. Uh, General, welcome to the program. Thank you, Tony. Right. Um, it, it's been interesting in the last 24 hours. You know, I put out a statement yesterday. I was at the actually meeting with the Secretary of State at the State Department when uh, the um, the violence at the Capitol broke out. And as I said, we don't know who all was behind it. We just know that it happened. And I just said that violent, lawless actions that took place at the Capitol against Congress and Capitol Police, they're wrong and they're dangerous for our republic. Lawlessness is not the way, and such actions make it difficult for law-abiding Americans to fight the good fight. It's been interesting to see the reaction. I know there's a lot of pent-up frustration because, you know, we've talked about it clear manipulation in this last election. No one trusts the the outcome of it. But we cannot uphold law and order through lawlessness. No. No, Tony, you're right. And, uh, look, yesterday was uh, a really sad day for me. Um, 36 years in supporting and defending the Constitution and and then to see that happen, you know, I, I spent a lot of time in Latin America, and one of the countries that I, I really uh, came to appreciate very much was Colombia, believe it or not, mm-hmm. with the drug cartels and all. 
but I, I really came to appreciate the society and, uh, and, and, and even their governments, you know. There's corruption all over South America, but uh, now we can say the same thing about America. But in 1985, a group of people broke into the Palace of Justice, which is the Supreme Court down there, and took it over and took hostages and tore things up. And when I watched that yesterday... That's all I could think about was what I'd seen in Colombia. That's what it reminded me of was a third world country. Look, the, it's understandable that people are upset. People have pent up anger because I do too. I don't believe that, that, that the election was fair and free. I think that there was shenanigans going on there. But, but nothing justifies killing four people. And tearing up the the Senate, the heart of our government—I mean, the uh, the capital, the heart of our government, the very heartbeat of our government—where the people that we elect to go to Washington are, are are trying to do their business. You may not agree with what they're doing, but for us to to let that violence get so out of control that we're we're hurting people, we're killing people, we're we're destroying the property that belongs to all the people, all the people in America. Uh, it's a sad day for me, and I, I've been so critical of Black Lives Matter and Antifa and the violence that have, was left unchecked. And, uh, and now I'm embarrassed because it's, it, it's it, theoretically, it's, it's the people that call themselves patriots that are out there doing this. And I understand their frustrations. I'm frustrated. But you can't. We're a nation of laws. Yeah. Now, again, we don't know who actually did this, whether they were. And we know there were hundreds of thousands of, uh, of peaceful protesters. In fact, I've spoken to people who were there. Uh, we just heard from one. Um, or actually heard from a couple. But most were there peacefully protesting. They Tony, were. I saw thousands of them yesterday. Just yeah. driving out of the city yesterday, there was not one person that I saw on those streets with waving Trump flags and wearing MAGA hats that in any way was doing anything untoward, anything threatening. They were there because they are frustrated and they wanted to be heard. But breaking into the Capitol... And destroying property in the capital, and and the violence that was committed against those police officers, that's not right. No, and whether it was some that instigated this or whoever did it, I mean, we, we will know. There have been many arrests that have been made, but here's the bottom line: as I said earlier, we cannot uphold law and order through lawlessness no. and, and and what we're doing what actually happened yesterday set us back in terms of trying to get to the underlying issues of the voter fraud and a lot of people say what are we going to do about this what are we going to do how are we going to fix this well that's actually we talked about that earlier uh with ken blackwell about what the states need to be doing but what was happening yesterday although it was a a a, a process 
perfunctory process of them receiving the electoral votes, but they were objecting to them. And then they were going back to their chambers and they were arguing or at least presenting their arguments as to why they should not accept them. So that was a part of exposing the problems in these states, but that was short-circuited by those that that stormed the uh, the capital again whoever they were so i'm just i'm just saying i know folks are are angry they're frustrated but this is not america are you frustrated are uh, you angry i am frustrated i am angry but i there's there's a couple of ways we can channel our we all are. we can channel our anger in a few different ways number one we can allow our anger to overcome us and frustrate us to the point we throw in the towel and walk away and say we quit that's one way Another way is uh, to be overcome by our frustration and anger and, and, and engage in the same tactics that the world would engage in, was what we saw yesterday at the Capitol. Or there's a third way, and that is, first off, as believers, we need to be praying, we need to be interceding, and then we need to take action. I, and people say, well, we've been taking action. We voted. Look, I understand that. I've been in this process for over 25 years have I won every time? No, I'm still fighting some of the same battles, and I know that it is it is frustrating. But part of that is being anchored in the fact that this is what God has called us to do, to be salt and light. And it's not going to be easy. God, he didn't say this was a picnic. Jesus said, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. That's what it means to be a witness for Christ and to, to shine a light in the darkness. It's not going to be easy. We can't take the easy route because if we do, we will never gain the actual goal that we want to reach. Because if, if you take the destructive route to try to get to the justice that we want, we will have destroyed justice in the process. Yeah, one of the things that... Uh it strikes me, Tony, and I know it, it does you, and this is, I think, one of the things that's so frustrating to a lot of people is the same people are the loudest voices condemning uh, what happened yesterday at the Capitol were the people that sit on the sidelines and said absolutely nothing when uh, Antifa and Black Lives Matter was destroying right. our cities. And that's another frustration that's added. But n- in no way, in no way is there a justification for us to be going in and taking on police officers that were just doing their jobs and 14 police were hurt there yesterday in addition to four people dying 14 police officers that were just there doing their jobs that's our sons and daughters that's our brothers and sisters and it's wrong and we're the ones perpetrating that i don't know who the rabble rousers were and i know there had to be some there there always are there are yeah. professional yeah. rioters i know and and but again, uh, we're speaking to to uh, our our folks. Yeah. We're speaking to to believers who are, are are angry and frustrated with what they see happening in this country. That they're losing the uh, you know the values we care about. They're being lost, and their votes are not being counted. But believe me, I understand that frustration. What I'm saying is that number one, we can't give up. Yes. We can't give up. No. In no, fact, we're anymore. called to, con- to to stand. That's the way I close this program every day, because that's what Scripture says. Having done all, we're to stand. But we also can't engage with the weapons. Our, our weapons of warfare are not carnal. Now, I don't want to be 
so spirit, so so heavenly minded. I'm of no earthly good. But we have to realize that there are spiritual forces at play here in this country, and we saw them here in our nation's capital this week. And it began, I believe, with the opening prayer of the 117th Congress. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think that invokes and invites uh, this uh, this type of activity, this, uh, this spiritual warfare that manifests itself from time to time. Folks, our nation is in trouble. We can't fix it by engaging in the same type of behavior that Black Lives Matter or Antifa. And again... Yeah, I want to be very clear because I know people have kind of misconstrued what I said in yesterday's program. I'm not painting everyone that was here with the broad brush. I'm saying there are those who did this. That should be denounced. Those who came here and peacefully protested, they were, exer- they were exercising I was right. in light. I was in, encouraged by the number of people that showed up here to let their voices be heard. I was encouraged by that, and yeah. it was peaceful. Right. And, 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 and even one of the commentators of some program I was listening to said, these kinds of things are always peaceful right. because these people Right, these are the people. That's right. right. So whether some, someone took advantage of that or there, there, there are some on the fringes of that support that, you know, did this, it does not matter. We cannot condone it. It is wrong. It is harmful to the republic, to the calls, and it is inconsistent with a biblical view of our responsibility as Remember citizens. that the First Amendment says, go back and read it for, for people that aren't sure what it says, but it, it ends with, and the right of the people peaceably right. to assemble and to petition their government for the redress of grievances. Right. That's what it started with yesterday. Which and, right. and I was right there with them. I mean, I wasn't out on the street with them, but I was with them in terms of Absolutely. understanding why they were there and and wanting just just wanting to see more. Right. But then when Engagement. it turned violent, right. And then we've had some people that say, well, you know, that's what the founders did. No, our founders no, did not do that. Not. That that was not the American Revolution. That was the French Revolution. French Revolution. The American the Revolution. The that's right. That did not happen in the American Revolution. I, 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 before we run out of time, I just as we as we look uh, for the way forward, I, I, I actually thought of this this morning. It came to me as we were in chapel service. We had chapel service here at FRC. Yeah. It was a quote from the U.S. Senate Chaplain Peter Marshall back in January 13th, 1947. He said this, The choice before us is plain, Christ or chaos, conviction or compromise, discipline or disintegration. He said, I'm rather tired of hearing about our rights. The time is come to hear about our responsibilities. America's future depends upon her accepting and demonstrating God's government, end quote. We have to exercise it. How do, we, how do we compete with lawlessness? We uphold the law. And when there are infringements and when we feel blocked and we feel that those things that have been done are wrong, we still have to, to contend within the confines of the law to correct them and, and make it right. But I, to be anchored in these difficult times, we as followers of Jesus Christ, need to be immersed in the Word of God, spending time in His presence, from which we will gain the hope, the courage, and the conviction to continue to stand in an increasingly hostile culture. We will never win if we give in to the ways of the world. 
And let me just say one final thing. I condemn absolutely no one that was at that rally yesterday that remained peaceful. I condemn everybody that went inside the Capitol and took place and took took part in the violence that occurred in there yesterday because that was wrong, and it is it, it it is not only a breach of the Capitol but it's a breach of the public trust. Yeah, that the, these people would go in there and do that. But I'm with the rest of them. But I condemn these people in the strongest terms. I believe in the Constitution. I serve the Constitution. For 36 years, and it broke my heart yesterday. I'm sorry. This is not a good way to end this. No, it is actually the the proper way to end this. Uh, many Americans are grieving over what has taken place in the last few months, uh, and what has what happened here in our nation's capital yesterday, folks. We need to be. In prayer, we need to be interceding for our nation, for our leaders, and and yes, even when it looks like the the odds are against us, the deck the deck is stacked. We need to continue to work, and we can do that. I've seen it done before. We cannot give up. We have to continue, and we have to do it in the right way, in the right spirit, for the right purposes. There's too much at stake here. Too much for our our families, our children, and, and literally the entire world. General, I want to thank you for uh, for your service, and I, I know that this was a, kind of kind of a tough issue because I, I just I know that this uh, this shook a lot of us uh, because we've done so much to uh, to uphold the Constitution and the freedoms that we enjoy. Thanks, Tony. Hey, folks, I want to thank you for joining us, and again, I do encourage you to be to be in prayer. But don't lose sight of who we serve and how we're to serve it. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234. 